travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 60, Best of Asia. Happy New Year! It's 2017, and our gift to you is a celebratory episode of Talk Travel Asia. Today, we'll revel in our favorite things about Asia in a multitude of categories, from how to get around to where to imbibe and a whole lot in between. Ring in the new year by celebrating travel and get planning your trip to Asia for this year. So thanks for joining us. This is Scott Coates in Bangkok, and joining me as always is my trusty co-host. Hey, Scott. Trevor Range is here, uh, recording in Bali, Indonesia. Woohoo, Bali, man. I wish I, I still haven't made it to Bali. We'll put that on your New Year's resolutions list. I will be getting there this year for work, so that's good, and I'll have to plan it a little longer next to some holiday. But um, this was your idea again. You seem to have some pretty creative ones. Yeah, well, you know, I was just thinking, there's so many things I love about traveling, and people are always asking me, hey, what's the best place for dot, 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 you know, mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah. So now right. I'm, I'm not really sure what quote unquote the best is, as I can only speak from my experience. Um, but I can tell you almost certainly it is not what TripAdvisor tells you. Yeah, you have a real hate on for TripAdvisor, which we won't get into today. But, um, you know, there's a ton I love about travel, too. And I think, you know, any of these best of lists. It can't have a best because it's different for every every person. But I sort of thought we'd done this episode. And then I looked through and I'm like, no, we've done like restaurants and bars and theme things. But yeah, these are just things we like. So I certainly guarantee nothing. (laughs) But I do say I've liked them and happy to share them with you. So, you know, maybe first, Trevor, where do you hope to get to in 2017? Well, you know, as as always, uh, my go-to answer is is to get back to Hawaii, to visit my family, Mm. uh, to do some surfing, see my friends. Um, If we're going to stick to Asia, you know, I was thinking about it. And uh, last time I was on an Air Asia flight, I noticed that they fly to Mauritius. And that's hmm. technically in Africa, but it looks awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I have a few, um, and I think they're going to be in Asia, ones that have been on my list for a long time. One is riding a motorcycle from Hanoi up the northeast side to the Chinese border and then down the northwest uh, side through Sapa on a motorbike. I've always heard that's awesome. I really want to get to Pakse in southern Laos and go south to the 4,000 Islands and then continue south Cross the border into Cambodia following the uh, Mekong River to Phnom Penh. Maybe Dublin, which has nothing to do with Asia. And gosh darn it, I'm going to get to Bali, Trevor. I'm going to come and see you. That's uh, Dublin, Myanmar? <laughs> yeah, it's Dublin, Ireland. No, I, I have know. to drink Guinness. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it'll happen. But and uh, that Pakse to uh, Stung Trang in, in Ratanakiri uh, would be a good trip. Uh, I don't know if you've been uh, up to that northeastern part of Cambodia before, have you? I have not. It's 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 on the big list, man. Cool, it's on the big cool. list, but this could be the year. Right on. And and we should finally try and do that motorbike out to uh, what the heck's the name of that temple? Prayag Hong. 
pray and yeah, we, we should absolutely to do, that. do that this year. Maybe that's a salt cron trip. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good dry season. I mean, the road's going to be easier in the dry season, but uh, I think it would be more fun in the mud. Oh uh, no, I, I think the mud is like impassable. Like, yeah, I think but I don't do want it to be too dusty and dry. Anyway, let's. Uh, yeah. We'll save that for another day. Okay. Well, we got lots of categories and probably too much material, but we figure we would start with uh, transportation i think we're working ourselves alphabetically backwards through this one yeah well i think it just made sense like if you're gonna fly into asia and it's a huge region um we should start mm-hmm. with like the the best city to fly into as like a hub yeah. to explore all of the region and agreed yeah for me just logistically speaking i think it's really like bangkok or singapore um, for cost and connections, Bangkok arguably has the edge as it has a lot of international and budget carriers servicing it. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's geographically central to Southeast Asia, at least. Um, that said, both of the Bangkok airports have some flaws. And if you do have to do a connection between Suwanapum and Don Muang, it's kind of a, a pain in the butt. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe KL, just because it's, it's new. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I have KL on my list because AirAsia. I mean, they are the biggest budget airline. They have the most connections. I mean, you can go to Borneo, Iran, Kathmandu. You mentioned Mauritius out of there. So if you were just gonna like pinball it through airport, probably that one's a good one. Although it's seventy k out of the city center. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotels are more than Bangkok. Singapore is pretty good, but you know, I agree. Probably overall Bangkok. I mean, it's just. You're like an hour from so many places and uh, hotels are cheap. I, I think Bangkok takes the prize, really. Yeah, and you know, and that got me thinking because it's like, all right, you could probably fly into Singapore, KL, or Bangkok. Bangkok probably has the edge just for being in the center of, of Southeast Asia, but access to China and whatnot as well. But I, I don't think mm. the airports are the best. So going for number two, yeah. the best airport, for me, I think the, yeah. the coolest airport is uh, Samui International uh, down in southern Thailand. It's tropical. What's so neat about it? Well, it's open air. Uh, Bangkok Airways owns it, so they have free coffee and snacks. Um, and going mm. with the whole tropical theme, there's even fish tanks in front of the urinals. So you see like tropical fish, fish swimming by as you pee. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It is a pretty slick one. I commend you for picking a quirky one. And they also have a pretty neat uh, airport up in Sukhothai, which yeah, is an ancient capital sure. in northern Thailand, also owned by Bangkok Airways. But, you know, it, it sounds standard, but I got to give it to Chengi International Airport in Singapore. Like that place... It's super efficient, super clean, has lounges, seats, gardens, a movie theater. I mean, the sheer speed. You can land there. I've landed and been at my mother-in-law's house in under an hour. It just, for coming and going, there's simply no better, easier There's a movie theater? Chain. That's awesome. If for like yeah. a layover? Yeah, there is. like an eight-hour layover, you could see like two movies. Yeah, I've never seen a movie in it, but there literally is pretty much That's everything. Genius. You have to look around a bit, but yeah, it, it, it's bulletproof, man. It works well. So then that moves us to you're at an airport. What what do you give for the best airline? Well, you know, I love the, the prices and uh, the routes that AirAsia flies. Um, I, yeah. I, I think the, the food on Korean Air is the best. Um, and and okay. the in-flight magazine of Bangkok Airways is pretty awesome. But but for me, all good. around, I think Singapore Air has, has come around come up with the best package um it's pretty smooth sailing it feels like first class service and comfort even if you're not sitting in a big first class seat yeah i echo what your thoughts on air asia uh, originally years ago always late now they're much more on time 
great bang for buck. An honorable mention I'll give to Scoot. And some people hmm. have had bad experiences. I've had good ones. Uh, it's a Singapore Airlines budget airline. Lots of rooms in their seats. Very, very new planes. And you get 20 kg of, of luggage. I like those. But, you know, best airline, I got to go Singapore Airlines too. I flew them last year on the first leg of a trip back to Canada. And I mean, just incredible service, nice planes, kick-ass in-flight yeah. entertainment system. Like, yeah, if, if you've got the money to go above budget, Singapore Airlines is, man, you can't beat it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, go down to the ground and uh, talk about the trains. Choo, choo. Yeah. Yeah, well, trains, you know, um, I took an old Chinese train on the Trans-Siberian, which as far as like train trip, Trans-Siberian was awesome. I mean, you're not going to beat that one. It was a bit old and a bit dirty, but it was the experience. But I think trains in general, hats off to the Japanese. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a city subway system or a regular speed intercity train or a Shinkansen. They're, they're high-speed trains that almost like fly across the country. I mean, their trains leave on time they're clean they go everywhere bulletproof yeah you know i haven't really ridden the train i've been in the subways in, in japan um mm. I, I really enjoy traveling by train um it's pretty cool I, I don't have like amazing train experiences like the orient express which goes from singapore to bangkok and back which is like a five-star luxury train yeah i've heard it's nice um i haven't been like blown away by trains in thailand or vietnam like they're okay usually it's cheaper to fly air asia um so you do the train just for the experience even the pri- yeah. private cars aren't so good but i actually like um you know if you're going to go to ayutthaya let's say um, I, okay. I like the little slow rickety chinky chinky chink with the open windows and stuff. If you're only going to go for like, yeah. if you're going to go for like an hour on the train, I think uh, th- that's fine. Um, but for me, like, you know what? I was on a bus in China that had bunk beds, only bunk beds. There wasn't any seats at all. So since we're not covering buses, wow. I think for, for the best ground transportation experience, mm-hmm. those Chinese buses with the bunk beds. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, well, that moves us uh, right along to local transport options. Um, I have an honorable mention as I drove a tuk-tuk, so I have a bit of a connection. But that said, I don't ride them often in Bangkok. They're overpriced. You have to inhale fumes and hot air. I mean, I love bicycle, and it's not always possible in Asia. I mean, a lot of places are just not conducive. But if you can take a bike... I say yes. And then another honorable mention goes to Trishaws in Penang, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. At night, they have these crazy decorated ones like Hello Kitty themes over the top. They're lit up with fluorescent lights. And I mean, that's just silly and outrageous. So the Hello Kitty themed uh, Trishaw for sheer, sheer absurdity gets it in Penang. So what was your winner there? Uh the Hello Kitty Trishaw. Oh, yeah. All right, Asia. cool. Yeah, yeah I kind of like the yeah. pedicabs. Uh, they're still <laughs> around here and there, and they're, they're kind of nice. I, I feel bad for the guys driving you, though, you know? Um, yeah, The tuk-tuk, I got to say, though, if you have, like, 10 people, like, crammed into one, that's pretty fun. Um, for me, I'm going with a Ramok, which is the Cambodian tuk-tuk, um, just because yeah, I, I like awesome. the slower pace of it. You know, it's like open air when you're, you really get to experience the countryside. You're not going that fast. And I just think it's awesome that as soon as you park somewhere, your driver will string up a, a hammock and, and sleep in a hammock while you're cruising around. So anything that you can string up a hammock inside of uh, takes the cake for me. Yeah, truth be told, if I wasn't trying to do something different from you, I probably wouldn't brick Ramok because <laughs> yeah. it's slow speed, wind in your hair. It's just, it's cruisy. It's, it, those are really cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get on the water, man. Uh, best boat trip. You know, this was a tough one for me because like, I love 
exploring islands by boat like one of the ones i was thinking about was kok tao in thailand like mm -hmm. if you just do like the yeah. long tail boat all the way around the island um that's a great day trip um ha, Lo ha long bay um up in north vietnam is a pretty cool a nice trip one. and and i and i was thinking about like the new year's eve boat parties we've done on the chow praia there in bangkok <laughs> those are you know, awesome those are awesome yeah but uh i did uh like a river boat they they go from ho chi minh city all the way up to siem reap on the mekong river it's with a company fluveillon de mekong like cf mekong and you're yeah you're like in an old river boat they do these multi-night trips where you, you 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 have dinner under the stars and then it parks on the side of the river and you go visit an old temple uh it's just really a charming old world style way to see cambodia yeah, those look awesome. They've been around for a long time, too. Well, I'm going to go simple and proper. And one of my favorite is always just paddling a sit-on-top kayak in uh, along the cliffs between Aonang and Radley Bay and Gabi in southwestern uh, Thailand. Cheap, fun, stunningly gorgeous, especially at sunset. Now, I've always wanted to do a proper boat trip uh, from Pakse to Sipandon, the 4,000 islands mm. in southern Laos. And I think it's, like, so short it doesn't really warrant a you know a proper luxury boat trip but it'd be pretty cool and then i've seen there's a new kind of luxury luxury one called aqua in cambodia which travels a similar route to what you just mentioned mm -hmm. but i mean if i just had cash to burn that would probably be a pretty cool experience too yeah you know what i looked into years ago for kayaking you know you can go tubing in vang vieng in uh, laos uh, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I looked into yeah. getting a kayak and going from vang vieng down to vien chan and uh, you can't actually do the entire stretch, but but Laos is so flexible. Like I I think I had it lined up so that I could get the kayak and then and then a truck to come and pick me up once I got to like some falls and then drive me the rest of the way um, for relatively cheap. Wow, yeah, I've heard. I think there's a couple of dams along yeah. there, but it sure would be cool to do. Um, so let's move on to city life. And uh, you've got one here, best people watching location. Yeah, I don't know. You know, this one was, I, I just thought it would be interesting. There's so many cool places. Like when you travel, sometimes you just want some downtime. Um, here in Bali, in Seminyak, there's a cafe that has the, the entire front of the restaurant is kind of like stadium seating. So you can have drinks and just people watch. They set it up like that, which is super cool. Um, Neat. But you know what? I always found that the people watching in Tokyo was really cool just because there's so many people. Yeah. Like Harajuku, because I don't just remember like the, the crazy cosplay stuff, but, but punks and all sorts of different fashion styles going on. And then just sheer volume of people was the Shibuya station where the Hachi dog statue is. Uh, the intersection right. out there is just crazy busy with people. And, and it, it's just so interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tokyo is pretty awesome for that so i'm going to pick three here because i'm not sticking to one for the weird and dirty to a certain extent uh nana plaza one of the famed go go bar areas in bangkok there's a bar called big dogs right at the entrance and if you sit there say at like sundownish 7 p.m mm. you see all kinds of characters oh, yeah. local and foreigners sitting there it's quite fun also i really like cafe zoom in ho chi minh city it's right on a corner you sit in a little lawn chair on the corner of the sidewalk and just watch thousands of motorbikes go by. Yeah. But I also really, really like the kind of old medieval Durbar Square in Patan, Nepal. And there's these stone temples in a public square and you just see all kinds of people go by there. It's a really, really cool atmosphere. Good choices. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, so that moves us on to Night on the Town. Yeah, you know, like I, I spent some time in Jakarta recently and people had been telling me that's the best nightlife in the world. And, and granted, I didn't get to see it all and it was pretty fun. 
Um, hmm. You know, and I've been to Tokyo. Tokyo is super fun. I've been to Beijing. There's a lot of good nightlife in Asia. Um, but despite there not being any more 24-hour free-for-all bar scene like there used to be, um, Bang- yeah. Bangkok is tough to beat for just the diversity of things to do at night and, and just such a vibrant and interesting scene. Yeah, I totally agree. I think probably Bangkok's tough to beat. I mean, whether you want to have a drink on the side of the road, cheap, cheap, or, you know, top of a skyscraper, high end, there's everything. Um, I've had fun in Japan, although I didn't have the budget to go into many of the, like, kind of real formal places. Um, Kuala Lumpur had a number of pretty fun speakeasy bars, which was neat. Um, But you know what? Like, Phnom Penh, to me, has always been the fun night on the town. Like, there's so many different bars there. Drinking's really affordable. And you only have to go like five minutes in a remote place to place. So, I mean, I'll give my vote to Phnom Penh with an honorable mention as well to Seoul. I had fun in Seoul three years ago or so. So there's a whole bunch of them for you. I can't pick one. Hey, have we gone out together in Phnom Penh? (laughs) <laughs> I barely remember, yeah. but I have foggy memories of many before. times. Um, yeah, all right, instead that. of nightlife, how about dining? Yeah, dining. You know, I'm just going to go right back to uh, Phnom Penh. It's awesome. Again, there's so many different kinds of restaurants. And for like $10 US, you can have an incredible meal. Like, it's just a great place to eat. But you know what? Um, Japan in general. Kyoto is great. I mean, they say Osaka has the best street food, which it does have pretty good food. But I was just back in Kyoto for the second time in uh, June 2016. And I mean, there's great food. And for that matter, just Japan, any city in Japan, fantastic food. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about traveling is, is eating. Um, one of my favorite things about Korea, let's say, is the Korean food, uh, Vietnamese food. We just talked with Bobby Chin a few episodes ago. is mm-hmm. amazing. But I think for all around dining, I'm going back to Bangkok. Um, okay. I mean, in addition to amazing Thai food, which you can get on the street for, for almost nothing, and, and I'm homesick for after a week of nearly anywhere outside of Thailand. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bangkok has Gagan, which is the number one restaurant in Asia now, um, which is Indian cuisine, but it's also molecular cuisine, um, proving that Bangkok is really pushing the envelope in, in just modern food as well as you know Thai street food. Uh, but Bangkok also has authentic Italian, Japanese, Ethiopian, German, like it's such a cosmopolitan city that there's great food of every single different type of, of national cuisine. Okay, I'd back you up on yeah. that one. Okay, so maybe, I mean, the classic date is dinner and a movie. So uh, how about best movie theater, Trevor? Hey, you know what? It's funny that like all of these technically are kind of nightlife things, I guess, although you, you yeah. can go to the movies during the day. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think, again, Bangkok wins for, for best movie theaters. Um, yeah. Again, just because of diversity. Again, the Scala, which I, I thought I heard was opened again, which is this old school, like 70 millimeter screen, like ancient style yeah, yeah. theater. Um, and then there's the Freeze Green Club, which is like this intimate private movie club where you can rub shoulders with filmmakers in the region. Um, and then my neighborhood favorite is the M. Quartier. Um, mm-hmm. One thing is that it's more expensive than the other theaters, but it's still like like half the price of what you pay in the States. And because it's quote unquote more expensive, it's almost never like booked up full. Plus, they have this thing called True Screen X, which I haven't tried yet, but it's three screens, nine movie projector system that, that gives you yeah, it gives you 270 degree vision of the film. They like splice all the images together. Whoa, yeah. I haven't even heard and of And then that. they have this like laser projector that's supposedly like 20 times higher quality than a normal like digital projector. And then they have an IMAX. 
Okay, sign me up. That's pretty <laughs> when good. I'm back to town. I also go give... check out that 270 screen one. Yeah. Yeah, never heard of it. I mean, I also give the award to Bangkok. I mean, like you said, from old classic theaters to like the highest end of technology. But even just when you go to a like a quote unquote normal cinema, they're like really clean, nice seats, and it's like seven dollars US for a show. And even just to get the aircon to get out of the heat, but like there's so many movie theaters in Bangkok and Thailand. It's they've got it nailed, man. They really nailed the movie theaters. Yeah. Okay, well let's uh, get out of the city. Let's hit some beaches and islands. Okay. You know, we did a whole episode on this already. Um, best country for scuba diving. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to put show notes, links to all of the, the episodes and things we've mentioned before. Um, but again, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been to the Philippines. I mean, I've been to Manila. So I have to withhold judgment on how awesome the, the diving is there. Um, There's a scuba diving. Yeah. And while I've only okay. been to a handful of the 3,000 islands in Indonesia, i got to say Indo. Um, I've, I've dove off Menjongan National Park up in the, the northwest mm-hmm. of Bali a couple of times. And it's like turtles, eels, pygmy seahorses, like all sorts of exotic marine life. Um, you know, there's mola mola, there's giant manta rays. Uh, I can only imagine what Komodo and Flores and all these other islands are like. It's just spectacular. Yeah, you know, I kind of lost interest in diving when i moved here in 99 but i've probably got about me i don't know maybe 15 20 dives under my belt in the region a few recently i did the perhentian islands in southwestern thailand it was so so when i was there perhentian islands in northeastern malaysia was pretty good so so but you know more from talking to my friend Lori, who lives in kl and is an extensive diver i think uh, malaysia might have it wrapped up sipadan over in uh, borneo malaysia mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one of the great ones. And then along the east coast of uh, uh, Malaysian, or Peninsular Malaysia, you have like uh, Palau Tioman, Rendang, Perhentian. Um, there's really nice corals and clear waters there. So the east coast of Malaysia is a pretty hot spot for diving. Yeah, and then just a quick mention on, on snorkeling. I think Bali is pretty awesome too. I imagine just if, okay. if, if Indo's tops for diving. I just liked Ahmed in the northeast of Bali just because it's crystal clear, wide. There's shallow bay after bay. Um, there's even a wreck, like a Japanese shipwreck, that you can snorkel around the top of the mast. Um, so th- hmm. that, that was my best uh, snorkeling recommendation for, for Bali. I want you to take me when I'm there, please. Yeah. Okay, next one is, uh, what one do you want to do the next? The best party island? You know, I just added this, party. like we're not 18 years old anymore, and I don't even know how many 18-year-old listeners we have, yeah? But but lots of people want to ask me, you know, like, oh, you know, where should we go to party? And, uh, you know, if we do have 18-year-old listeners, you're probably going to go to the Kopangan full moon party, uh, regardless of whether we tell you to go or not. I've never yeah. been. I never will go. I've been to Hadrin on a normal weekday when it's crazy enough. Um, I've been to the Gili Islands, which is uh, right next here to Bali off the coast of Lombok. And that was cool, right. you know. But honestly, the most fun I've had out, and this is even when I was a bit younger, was Chaweng in Koh Samui. Okay. Um, you know, it's fairly compact, so you can bump around. The crowd is cosmopolitan and a good mixture of young and old. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a Q bar up on the hill. I don't know if it's still called the Q bar anymore. Oh, right. Um, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and there's all the clubs on soy green mango. Pretty much everything stays yeah. open all night. Uh, you know, there's the arc bar, beach parties. Like, I think Samui is a pretty fun place to go and, and, and have a party time. Well, I can't remember the last time I actually partied hard in an island. Four so years ago. Go. And, and Riley really? Beach. Uh, I don't think I was that there. That was your wedding. That was the most fun. Oh, my yeah. wedding. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But I'm going to go really old man and easy. And Kotsamet, which is uh, three hours from Bangkok, I'm just going simple here. But I've always enjoyed uh, the beach of Aupai, just sitting on relaxing mats, watching a fire show, and a little bit of music at Silver Sand. Like, pretty low-key, but it's it's a, a pretty nice place to party it's, tonight. Yeah, that's a great weekend spot. Like, if you happen to be passing through Bangkok and you need to go somewhere relatively close, Samet, like, yeah. lots of people from Bangkok go there to party on the weekends. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it doesn't get out of control, but that's a place I've always enjoyed. So I know you're kind of a real island man, and I wish I got to as many as you do, but uh, you put down here best up-and-coming island. Yeah, this one was tough because, like, again, people ask, like, you know, what's the best place to go to party? And then they want to go, what's the most beautiful island? And then they want to know, okay, which one's the most beautiful and the best place to party, which usually, like, doesn't go together, you know? Mm. Um, You know, the islands of Rayong, uh, which is right near the, the border of Thailand and Myanmar, um, there's one island there called Pratong, um, and that's probably the best to go to for get away from it all, just unspoiled beauty. Um, it's one of the only places in Thailand that still has savanna, so they have some really interesting bird life, and it's just basically unspoiled. Oh, wow. It's unspoiled, just gorgeous beaches, no people. Um, but right nearby there, I think for best up and coming, is Kot Payam. Um, Payam is cool because there's no cars on the island yet. It's just little motorbike roads. Um, hmm. But it's already like starting to get some action. It's about the size of Koh Samui, um, but it's not quite developed yet. But there's still little beach parties in the lake. So you can either find a little quiet place to chill out or you can meet pe- people and, and mix it up a bit. So th- that's pretty nice. Yeah, you and a couple other people have piqued my interest in Koh Payam over the last couple of years. I've still not made it. So I'm going to add that to my list for 2017. You're going to have a busy year? Yeah, sure is. I won't have time to work. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's stick with the beaches and islands uh, style and outdoor type things. Uh, what do you got mm-hmm. for some outdoor activities? Well, uh, best mountain biking. You know, it's something I wish I always did more of, but I've been lucky enough to have some great mountain biking. And uh, Nepal is legendary for mountain biking. I mean, people have been walking that country for like a century or more. There's so many spots to ride there from all abilities. I love it. Like mountain biking, Nepal doesn't get better um also some pretty fun riding in northern thailand Chiang mai is really kind of growing on the downhill scene they truck you to the top and you hammer down i've also really enjoyed some rides in uh remote Chiang rai along the uh, Myanmar burmese border and i'll give uh, bukit kiara a small kind of not quite a mountain hill in kuala lumpur that you've ridden out with me um some fun riding and the last one is the Angkor Historical Park. While it's flat, you can find dirt tracks through the forest, around the outside of temple walls, atop walls. I mean, all of those, man. I really enjoy riding every single one of them. Yeah, you know, for me, it would have to be Bukit Kiara because that's the only place I've mountain biked in Asia. Um, I hear it's quite good here in Bali. So, you know, when you come down here, we should definitely uh, try and hit the trails here. I'm not a big... Yeah, I want to bring the bike. Yeah, I'm not a big biker. So I'm going to go with the electric bicycles that you can rent in Siem Reap to explore the Angkor Archaeological (laughs) Park. Um, You know, you can pedal them if you want to or if the battery dies. But I think it's a cool ecological way to buzz around the park. And it's better than doing it in a car or something because, you know, you're actually on a bike. You can get the wind in your hair. And, and, uh, you know, it's just it's a fun thing to do. Okay, well, as you were not adventurous there, let's go to best adventure sport, Trevor. What do you got? Um, You know, I've done quite a few dangerous things in my day. Um, I really enjoy deep water soloing and Krabi. That's where where you you rock climb from a boat onto Uh like a cliff 
side of an island without any ropes and then you you either fall or jump off into the sea um Whoa. which reminded me of like over in uh Nusa Cheningan which is right off the coast of Bali here there's a great like 20 meter cliff jump you can do there which is which is really fun um but the best experience for me adventure sports was the off-road motorcycling uh the dirt biking the dancing roads of Cambodia Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, all this dirt biking as well. And uh, I really haven't done it in much of Asia, just a lot in Chiang Rai along the Thai Myanmar borders. And man, I love it. Like I used to do a lot of it and it was just so nice to be out there. Some pretty challenging tracks, um, great stuff. And well, not hard adventure, um, supported tracks in Nepal is one of my all time favorite traveling activities. I've been lucky to do enough of them uh, that I'm kind of familiar with. I mean, you have big crew carrying tents, setting up, tearing down, cooking meals, but to just kind of be able to go where you want and set up camp wherever you want, I mean, that's that's really fun. Yeah, um, I, I, I still, that should go on my list of, of where to go this year is Nepal. Because um, yeah, you, you talk about there, it a man. lot, and you know, we've had Mads on a couple of times here, so I think we should uh, try and set me up over there. Do it. Um, our next category is the best waterfall. Just because I was thinking mm-hmm. about like jumping off cliffs and stuff. Uh, yeah. My favorite waterfall is, is Kuang Si, which is about 30 kilometers southwest of Luang Prabang in Laos. Right. Um, one, of okay. the, one of the reasons I love it is because there's a rope swing there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can jump off a tree. I, I, did, a, I did a backflip, actually, when I was like 35 years old still. Um, you can also, okay. we, we jumped off the waterfall and did like selfies while we were in the air. Um, that was really cool. And then that's at the lower pools. If you go up to the upper falls, there's like picnic tables there. There's a hike you can do up to the top. Uh, there's even an Asian black bear sanctuary uh, at the base of the falls. Have you, have you been out there, Scott? I have not been to that place, no, but I've been to Luang Prabang, yeah. but I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, best waterfall for me, man. This is going back... Oof, at least a dozen years, but Tilosu Waterfall. It's in Bak Province, which is northwest of Bangkok, a few hundred K. And you've got to do a lot of driving to get there. It's pretty remote, and then you've got to trek in. But it was a seriously impressive multi-story uh, waterfall, or multi-tiered, rather, with all kinds of pools you can swim in. It's massively tall and high. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. Right on. I, I've never been to Dak. Uh, I'd love to check it out sometime. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Well, one that I know you're really big on is surfing. And I only put it in because I've done very little, but I had a place I liked. So where do you really like to surf in Asia? You know, this one's just kind of a sore spot for me because I've been having a problem with my neck. And, uh, and, and I've only surfed once since I've been in Bali the past three months. Um, but, you know, the best surfing almost certainly has to be Indonesia. I've never been to the Philippines before. I heard the surf there is great. Um, but, you know... Indo is just legendary for the surf. And, uh, you know, once I get healthy, I, I hope to start, you know, exploring more of the breaks around here. Yeah, I have very little to no experience, but we loved my wife and I, Weli Gama. It's in the south of Sri Lanka. Tiny waves, sandy bottom, fun and easy for beginners. We enjoyed multiple days, like didn't cut ourselves up in coral. It was it was really awesome. <laughs> always I good. liked it. Yeah, it was good. And I know you're a waterman, so uh, you had Best Lake on here. Yeah, you know, actually it was when you were talking about uh, coming down from Laos into Ratanakiri in the northeast of Cambodia. Um, 
that reminded me of Yaklaum, which is the a volcanic lake up there. It's a volcanic crater that was formed like a million years ago um, that's really deep and, and filled with fresh water in the middle of the jungle. Um, it's pristine. It's, it's refreshingly cold and clean. Um, there's a walking trail that goes around it through the jungle. There's, there's a cool hill tribe center uh, right beside the lake. And there's a snack bar that sells uh, these big jars of, of sticky rice wine that you have to drink through a bamboo straw, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you definitely have to go to Yaklaum. It's just spectacular. And uh, before I move on, I just want to give a shout out to Lake Toba in Sumatra because uh, that that's pretty amazing too. That's also a volcanic crater, much, much, much bigger with an island in the center of it. And you stay on the island and, and the, it's just beautiful. But Yaklaum is the bomb. Wow. Shout out. Okay. Um, I don't have a lake, but uh, <laughs> we're going to go to best wildlife experience. Actually, it's interesting because... Uh, I was in Lake Toba in Sumatra after I went to Bukit Lawang, where they have uh, Orangutan Rehabilitation Center. And that, uh-huh. that became famous last year because Leonardo DiCaprio was talking about it. Um, but I went there back in 1996, and I did this multi-day trek out of Bukit Lawang that started in the Orangutan Re- Rehabilitation Center. And this is where they, they take orangutans that had been previously uh, captive and, and train them to be re-released where they then have babies and stuff. And so you're walking through the forest surrounded by orangutans and the trees all around you. And, and it's just an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Orangutans would be on my list outside of uh, Kuching in Malaysian Borneo. Went and saw them. That was pretty cool. Um, I've seen a real wild rhino in Chitwan National really? Park in southern Nepal. Wow. Yeah, there's hardly any left. We were riding on elephants and we saw a live one. So that was pretty cool. And I'd like to go see uh, wild tigers. There's not many of them, but in Badia National Park in southwestern Nepal, that would be good too. And you know what? I just realized that you had lake. I do have a piece of water. I have best river. Hmm. And uh, this one is the Tatai River in southwestern Cambodia. It's very close to the Thai border. It's pretty neat. Uh, It's kind of, I was taken there by a little permanent tented floating lodge called Four Rivers. And you can jump right out of your tent into the river. It's very clean. Um, You can paddle kayaks on it. I paddled about 10 kilometers on the river from a waterfall. I mean, it was kind of remote, nice, clean, quiet. It was was a nice river. You know, I've I've been up to Tatai. I actually drove a motorbike from Sihanoukville out to the bridge over the Tatai. And then I convinced someone to take me on a boat up the river to a waterfall and, and did some swimming. And Yeah, uh, that's the place. Yeah. And then uh, a seaplane actually landed on Whoa. the river down by the, by the bridge when we came back. Um, which oh, was, that's pretty yeah, slick. It was crazy. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, Tatai is a beautiful river. I don't know what my favorite river is. Uh, there, there's so many cool, like the Mekong maybe, but, I, you know, depends on what stretch of it uh when i was up in uh ratanakiri stung trang actually right by the laos border um there's the the irrawaddy dolphins which are the freshwater dolphins um Mm -hmm. and and i camped (laughs) i'm calling it camped we we just slept in the open air like beside the river got drunk on rice wine with a bunch of local guys uh, who decided to to go fishing in the middle of the night when they were drunk woke me up at midnight with a bunch of grilled fish and made me eat and drink more um, that's my best. That was my most fun river experience. Well, that was a heck of a list, and the crazy thing is, we still have more items on our list, so we might have to do a, a part two of this. But 
Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It, it, just talking about it takes me back to all these trips and places I've been, but then it makes me seriously itchy to get out on the road again. Yeah, you know, we probably only got halfway through our stuff. We didn't talk about any sort of a cultural attractions or, or things to do or, or specific yeah. places to stay necessarily. Um, but I thought it would just be fun because, you know, some of these places I, I really love, but they didn't fit into any of the, the topics we've done so far. Um, so so yeah. I thought it would just be, you know, a nice way to hit on some of those things. Yeah. And I mean, if you listen to this, I'm sure everyone can pick a half dozen things out of here that they're like, ooh, that's neat. Mm. Kind of planned a trip around it, right? Like, this is gold. We should be charging for this stuff. <laughs> this is uh, a lot of good Instead, stuff. Instead, we'll create some show notes with links. And uh, we already started working on a map. So Yeah, we'll have a Google map it, up showing you where these places are. Yep. So uh, go to TalkTravelAsia.com and check that out. Um, we're also going to have links to some of our older episodes that we touched on. Um, we're up to episode 60 now, which is pretty amazing. So my guess is that uh, many of you haven't listened to some of the older episodes. If you go to the website and uh, scroll down through them all, you might be surprised at some of the interesting topics we've covered so far. Yeah, so this is our New Year's gift to you. Happy New Year. Uh, as Trevor said, 60 episodes, 59 other ones. Have a listen to the back catalog. Thanks for listening and uh, more for you later in the year. This is Scott saying over and out. Take us out of here, Trevor. Hey, thanks, Scott. This is Trevor. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, I hope we can come up with uh, 60 more cool episodes in the next two years. We'll see what we come up with for 2017. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and Camp